Thanks for tuning into the Life in the Front Office podcast. I'm your host, Jay Kirschman. Remember to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And thanks to Suja Organic for their support. Remember, you can get 15% off any one-time pack on shop.sujajuice.com with the code LIFO, L-I-F-O. And enjoy today's episode. Welcome to today's episode on the Life in the Front Office podcast presented by Choose Your Organic. Excited to uh, have Doug Holtzman and Nick Myers on for our Sports Digita series. We're going to talk about technology, uh, the fan experience, and how it all kind of comes together and impacts one another. So nonetheless, Doug, Nick, welcome. Thanks for having us. So Nick, being at Shift for Payments, um, we're, we're going to talk a little bit about tangential roles in sports. You started on the team side, um, a couple roles, uh, also in Arizona, back in my hometown. So know that very well. But can you and Doug talk a little bit about how you eventually got into these, we'll call it sports tangential roles, uh, and, and how your team experience has helped you in these roles now? Sure. Yeah. So, so I was on the team side, uh, started in the WNBA, um, moved on to the NBA and NHL uh, overall uh, on the team side for about 10 years, um, mainly working in ticket sales, worked my way up to director of group sales. And I loved working on the team side. I think like everyone, when you've been on the team side, you know, the better part of a decade and, you know, you start to move on, you know, to, you know, later parts of your life, you know, getting engaged, having kids, just started looking for ways that I could um, stay in the industry, but also just looking for a new challenge and um, had an opportunity with experience um, where I came on board to manage all of their NHL clients. And it was right in my wheelhouse because I had been in the NHL for the past seven years. So I knew a lot of the team executives. I already knew a lot of the folks I was going to be working with experience had already 26 NHL teams as partners, and we were working to get, you know, a handful of other partners uh, to join in. Um, it was a natural fit. Uh, I love the role, got to travel quite a bit, work from home. Um, and overall, I just loved the strategy. I was still doing ticket sales in a way where the technology was able to enhance ticket sales through seat upgrades, through um, uh, mobile ticketing with, uh, with student ticketing, subscription passes. Um, but ultimately, um, you know, wanted to continue to advance my career and some folks that I've worked with both not only the team side, but also at experience, um, recruited me up for another role with, uh, with Venue Next, um, was super excited to join Venue Next, uh, work with some old colleagues. And, uh, next thing I know, a year after being with Venue Next, we got acquired for Shift 4. So it's crazy how the industry works and the fact that I never thought I'd be in payments, but here I am, you know few years later doing payments and uh, but I'm still within you know the sports ecosystem so it's uh it's great still working with a lot of the same contacts and I've known Doug for a long time and now using sports digita to promote the shift four and the venue next brand and um, it's been a really exciting journey so um, not sure where I'll end up going or you know being here in the future but you know I, I love the industry and what we're doing and you know really excited about the products that we're offering today. Nick, when you think about the journey that you that you've taken, um, the different work styles, the people that you've worked with, the different cities, now that you're in this role, uh, you're now working for a public company, 
right, which is a, an even different beast. Um, what what's the one thing you've learned along the way where it's like, hey, if you could tell your yourself back at the team, you know, the first team you started with, like, hey, just keep this in mind along the way. What would that be? I think for me, uh, the one thing that I've always tried to do is just try to out hustle and work, um, you know, putting in the hours. I think ultimately, you know, I was a good sales rep. I wasn't necessarily the best or the most polished, but I had this attitude of just, you know, not to let anything hold me back and just to continue to progress um, and pound away at the phones when I was on the team side. And I think from a partnership standpoint, you know, it's just, you know, the work ethic, the hustle, and really just valuing, you know, the, you know, the people that you meet along the way, both internally with the teams that you work with um, and your managers, but also clients. I mean, I'm personal friends with clients that I sold 10 years ago that we still keep in touch. So I think knowing those things and just, you know, if you're not the most talented or if you're not the number one sales leader up on the board, a lot of sales managers really do look at the hustle and the work that's put in because that's something that can't be taught. You either have it or you don't. And that will follow you throughout your career. Doug, uh, insights on kind of your path, a little bit different from Nick's. Um, and then, you know, obviously with your role at Sports Digital was, was the second stop on the technology train for you, having been at an app as well. Yeah. So, you know, where, where Nick was more on the ticket sales side, excuse me, I was more sponsorships. So I sold sponsorships day one. I think I sold tickets for a week and a half and they moved me over. So You're, and, you got and, lucky. You got lucky. I, I was very lucky on that one. So, but, you know, I sold, you know, when, when Isaiah Thomas was my boss in, in the CBA, which is now the G League. And, you know, then, you know, in the NFL with the New Orleans Saints, where, where I was the youngest corporate salesman in all the NFL. You know, I was this, this young 24-year-old kid at the time, like when everyone else is so much older. And and then, you know, in New, then I went to uh, Major League Baseball to Tampa Bay Rays and then NBA with Houston Rockets. But what I learned during those times where I was selling and then being a leader and uh, as well is I started seeing like all these third parties come to us all the time and try to sell. And a lot of these people never worked in sports. And as I got older and selling more, you get a little like, Hey, I know what I'm doing a little bit. Obviously you're always learning, always, a, always a student of the game, but they're coming to my office and they're telling me I need to do X, Y, and Z and about sponsorships. Right. And I'm like, and, and finally I got to the point like, wait, have you even ever sold a sponsorship in your life? You know, like I, you're telling me like, until you've done that, until you've sold a hundred million dollars in sponsorship sales, get out of my office, come back then, you know, and I, but there was this, bad after bad after bad, no, no offense to them. And then I started seeing this trend where people as, as they progressed in their career would go on the third party side. And then when they came in my office, hold on a sec, that's, I, he's been in my shoes. So he knows the good, the bad, the ugly. And I, it started being very intriguing because I was saying myself and, and I loved to, to help that, that, that's, that's my part of my career now. I, I love helping, love, you know, people's careers or whatever it is. I, you know, I want to give back. I think working in sports for me, has been, it, it's been a thrill. I love it. I, I've never not, not worked in a sports environment before. So, you know, I, I got to a point. So when, when I, and why I switched is 
now I could help like not only like one person, one team, but like all these teams. And when I go in there, look, I've, again, now I've been in their shoes. I understand and I help solve problems. And I, I love that. And I think it's not made for everybody for sure. But the people that are doing it, look at Nick and how he's thrived with this and, and, and so many people that, that have, like it's, it is a legit thing to do where it's where, you know, it again is you, you get back some time as well. <laughs> you know, I, I love going to, you know, work in baseball, but 81 home games is a lot, you know, traveling with the team is a lot. Right. And, and, you know, i like to be coach dad, you know, right there and, and, and have fun watching it. And I'm not saying that working in the industry, you can't, but it's hard. Right. And, but, you know, for me, and, and I think for Nick, this is our sweet spot. Everything that we've done have cultivated to, to helping. When you, when you mentioned that last piece about kind of everything that you've done cultivates this role, right? You probably feel like that along the way. Uh, like, oh yeah, this, I've done this, this, and this. Now it's cultivated to this. And then you get to the next thing. Oh, well, that's cultivated to that, right? And it just kind of keeps yep. building. But when you think about being in a different space that, yes, your sport's tangential, but now you're involved with the rest of the tech world, right? So you, you, you now are, we'll call it 15 years behind everybody else, right? You, you, in, in a novice sense uh, on the tech side, how have you tried to network, uh, find mentors in the tech space that, again, I know you're dealing with all the people in the sports industry, but how do you learn from others on the tech side to understand where that part of the, the vertical is moving? You want to start? Yeah, I can start. So yeah, so what I really love about the role I'm in today is exactly what you said. So obviously we're shift forward, been next, we're working with a lot of teams, but being a payments company, I mean, our clients and who we can work with is really anyone in the process of payment. So, you know, we are talking with, you know, various ticketing companies that, you know, various retail companies, other verticals. So like, not just sports and entertainment, but like, how can we take what we're doing really well in sports? How do we replicate that for like a zoo or aquarium or, you know, all of these other attractions where in the sense, like when you think about what it is we do, it applies to other industries. So we're not limited to only selling in sports. I love selling in sports, but let's face it, there's only so many teams that you can go out to and sell to, right? So eventually you need to, you know, make that pie a little bit bigger. And on the, uh, on the payment side, I mean, Shift 4 already has over 450 plus integrations with various technology groups. Um, and we can go out and, you know, continue to sign more technology partners where we can then align to go and, you know, win more business. And we pr provide better value just from the standpoint of some of the technology that we can bring and provide to some of our clients, whether they're sports or not, right? So for me, that's really exciting because I'm working on so many different things. Again, I loved my team days. Um, I wouldn't trade them for the world. But selling group tickets and managing group ticket staff, you do the same thing each year, right? So, you know, each off season, you go through the same deposit process, you go through the conversion, you get the schedule out, you book your fan experiences. I love doing all of that. It just came to a point where I was ready for a new challenge and I wanted to expand my scope um, and also network outside of sports, right? So, um, you know, you always just kind of want to keep your options open, but I've learned so much along the way 
on not only the team side, but with experience and then with Vineyard Next, and now on the payment side with Shift 4. And like, you can't trade that experience for anything. Um, and it's only going to help you progress your career um, internally or externally. Um, and it really makes you more valuable because you have different skill sets now that you would have had if you had just been in one particular role, um, you know, for, you know, the majority of your career. Yeah, and I, I would add to that, Nick, with, with me, um, I've, I've always said this, I never want to be the smartest person in the room. First of all, that, that, that means it's a dumb room if I'm the smartest person right there. But, you know, in technology, right, you've got some, un, there's some people that are so freaking bright, right, and so smart. And that's what I want to do is, is I kind of quickly, when I made that switch, surrounded myself with smart people that knew what they were doing, that just as, you know, I had old mentors like Steve Shanwald and that, that taught me sports business, I had to do the same thing on the technology side. And that's good. So, and why I chose sports, I mean, there's, you know, there's obviously you've got Angelina who, who came from the marketing side of sports, but you know, you got Corey factor who's our president tech background. I started learning from him, you know, and I think that's what you all, again, I, I just always surround yourself with smart people. Right. And, and once, and, and that's what I did. And again, it's, it's pretty cool to be a part of that. Nick, when you think about the logo and, and, you know, along your career, right. You, you kind of, there's an identity shift and probably an identity crisis along the way too. Uh, Doug's I'm sure had, had a few of those moments, but when you think about the logo now of, of being in tech space, like, is there a different mentality? Is there a different thought behind, you know, just, just, um, how you go about putting yourself out there in, in the network? Like, do you lead with Nick or do you lead with shift four? Right. Do you like, cause you, when you think about your sales days at the team, you lead probably with the team. Right. And then you say, Hey, I'm Nick by the way. Right. <laughs> so what my mindset shift wise, what is, has there been anything there? It's interesting. Cause I still think, you know, was on the Venue Next team a year before we got acquired. And Venue Next is a very well-known brand throughout sports and entertainment. I mean, it started by the 49ers in 2014, was an app, and then we transitioned into, you know, we do a lot of mobile ordering, transitioned into a point of sale, but there was brand awareness around Venue Next. Prior to Shift 4 acquiring, venue next i'm not sure shift four had the name recognition in sports and entertainment um their first big splash was with uh allegiant stadium out in las vegas with the raiders where they became the official payment processor um and that's really when our relationship began and then um you know we did some things together and we ended up getting acquired six months later because our exec team and their exec team really gelled and you know you know shift four wanted to get into the sports entertainment space now you know, you look at this a year and a half later and the amount of partners that we've signed and grown and, you know, putting things out on social media and speaking with teams. Now everyone knows who Shift 4 is, right? Because we're, we're out there doing things with teams. We're very visible in what we can do, not only on the payment side, but also the technology side. So what's interesting is that I am a, you know, I'm a Shift 4 employee, but still operate under Venue Next, but can also provide other solutions that you know, Shift4 already integrates into. So I think I, I kind of go kind of back and forth as to how I should be introducing myself because 
based on the team in the league, you know, venue next still kind of, you know, carries that, that name and that weight, but shift four is making a name for itself. And I think everything that you see shift four doing, we have a, you know, a very progressive leader with Jared Isaacman, who, you know, went to space last year with, you know, working with, you know, Starlink and um, SpaceX and, you know, Elon Musk. And then now he's going to go back to space, you know, in you know, just a few months with, uh, with the Polaris missions. And, I mean, it's just, it's so exciting because now, you know, Shift 4 is becoming more well-known. Um, we just launched a, a nation, a, a brand new point of sale for restaurants with SkyTap point of sale that we're putting a lot of marketing dollars behind. So I think that the brand of Shift 4 is becoming more and more um, uh, out there in, in, in open where people are now recognizing it. I mean, Shift 4, we want to be a brand like you know, a square where like when you go up to, you know, a food truck and you see the square terminal, like, you know who they are, right? So um, I think that's what Shift 4 is striving to be. And with that, I think the more we introduce ourselves as Shift 4 and what we can do, there's so many things that we can provide teams or venues or clients. um, And, you know, it's really just figuring out who your audience is. Who are you reaching out to? Are you reaching out to the food and beverage director or are you reaching out to the CEO? Because those conversations are going to be a little bit different based off of uh, either how you introduce yourself or the way you're approaching that uh, specific prospect. So um, I'd say I'm leaning more towards Shafour these days, but I still throw in the venue next from time to time. Doug, thoughts and insights from, from your side of things? Yeah, it's, it's, you know, I think, you know, most of my focus is, is our sports teams. So, you know, when I go in somewhere, People already know, you know, in this space, sports digit. They know they, they they've seen our digit act, they either have it or seen it, had it before, et cetera. But, you know, I have I've always in my career, I'm not gonna work for, you know, I'm selling to my circle. And when you're doing that, you're putting your name on the line. And I'm not gonna, I'm not going to sell somebody something that I know isn't gonna work. So I kind of go in, hey, look, I'm I'm checking this, this box off, this is going to help you. So again, you know, so I lean on that sports digital brand to get me in with that one and then say, Hey, look, there's a reason I'm here. And that's true. I mean, it's, this is why I'm here because it's the best in what we do. And I think that's, you always want to, you know, put yourself, you know, and, you know, think about like, we could, we're all pretty good salesmen. We could probably go sell pencils, but we don't like to, right. We're, we're doing what we'd love to do and we know it works. Even better. Even Doug, better. I'm putting you on on the spot. Sell, sell right. this pen. Listen, that pen, <laughs> let me tell you about this pen. You're going to be able to sign a lot of, you know, you know what, doing that, but it, it is awesome. I mean, there's there's nothing better than it right there. Like if you don't have it, somebody else will. Yeah. Blue Elon Musk black. uses this pen. <laughs> blue or black ink. <laughs> I always go, I always go uh, blue ink. Stand out a little bit stand out a little but uh no but no it's it, that's exactly no, no red. Red I, I, don't, I don't like red that, that that reminds me of school right there i saw too much red in my days there it, again i don't want to be the smartest in the room i never was there especially in school days <laughs> nick as we as we head towards uh the the last part of the episode one i want to get to kind of just how you you all are, are enhancing the fan experience and when you think about um you know, going to an event now, right? What, what's the expectation of a fan? 
I mean, ca yeah. cashless, cashless is almost an expectation at this point, right? But then once you have the experience, what's the experience like? Is it easy? Is it frustrating? Are you dealing with a person? Are you not dealing with a person, right? Like, what does all that look like? And, and how are you guys integrating yourselves uh, into sports? And, and what are you learning along the way, too, about the fan experience itself? Yeah, I think the biggest thing, you know, COVID probably pushed up mobile ordering, mobile adoption, everything, probably pushed it up five years, right? I mean, it was already starting to gain some traction. Uh, Venue Next had a lot of success with mobile ordering, dating back to with the 49ers in 2014, and then even upwards, you know, prior to, you know, the pandemic. Um, once the pandemic happened, everything almost had to go either cashless or contactless. So today you can't go to a restaurant without seeing a QR code on the table. Prior to COVID, people, I think, probably figured you still needed a third-party app to scan a QR code. They didn't realize it was already built into the native camera for, you know, um, you know Android and uh, iPhone. So now that that knowledge is out there, we've almost conditioned, uh, you know, fans to expect some sort of mobile experience, whether it's ticketing, whether it's food and beverage, whether it's merchandise um, for express pickup or delivery. So you have that level of fans willingness to accept it uh, because it was kind of forced on everybody during COVID. Um, now, you know, once teams started coming back and fans started coming back after COVID, we started seeing teams really want to maintain that cashless mobile experience because there's just a lot of benefits right i mean when someone uses their mobile device to make a purchase we can track who they are we know if they're a member or not we can tie back specific purchases they've made to their mobile wallet that then ties back into the team's account where they can help create that you know digital footprint of a fan profile and understanding what it is they buy when they come you know where it is that they eat um, where do they shop? So we have so many different things that we can now point to where the data is just so much more rich when teams go mobile first. Now, obviously there's some teams that still haven't made that jump and there's certain reasons for that, but I think you're going to continue to see that trend upwards. I mean, we have some sports clients that, you know, they are 40, 50% mobile ordering throughout the venue. And it helps with their per caps. Uh, I always like to say that when someone makes an order on mobile, it's like the Amazon effect. You go there to buy one thing, you end up with three things in your cart. Like it happens, right? Through upsells and different things. So we're all guilty of it. And then you have the Apple Pay, just one tap to, to purchase. It just makes it so simple. Um, so for me, you know, getting seeing teams be more open to that now and also seeing what teams are doing and providing best practices to other teams and to educate them on what they could do to, you know, maximize revenue on the game day side. I mean, look, with games, I mean, we always just say on the ticket sales side, you know, when a game is passed, it's lost revenue, right? You can't go back and sell seats after a game. So same thing with merchandise and food and beverage to a degree, like the more you can pre-sell, to get in front of fans, create a better digital experience. And look, it's not just food and beverage. There's all sorts of cool technology out there that's being integrated into the app today that drives more people to use their mobile device. And 
for me, it's just, it's such a fun industry to be in. I love all the different vendors that are out there and everyone kind of has their own niche on the way they can enhance the fan experience and teams that are leveraging multiple of these vendors that, you know, really buy into that. Like they see the benefits on the backside with fans and coming back out and spending more and, you know, built-in loyalty, like all this stuff that, you know, Venue Next can do today, but then also just other vendors that provide that value. I mean, it's, it's really cool to see as teams continue to progress their digital footprint. And, you know, I'm just, I love being on this side of the business now. I get to share that, not just with sports teams, but, you know, you know, verticals outside of sports. Um, you know, as we start thinking about ways we can improve the experience across the board. So, you know, it's funny, Nick, is that, you know, before on the team side, right, before the advancement of mobile, right, we never knew who the who the fan was in the ballpark, ever. You, you knew that there were season tickets that UPS bought. It was under a person's name, but you didn't know anything else. Like you couldn't literally, you could walk in a ballpark and there could be 50,000 fans and you have no clue who they are. Now marketers and the marketing side is salivating. You know, and and because they're learning so much about that fan and each and every one in the stadium or, or the venue where they're at. And I always say this, right? Marketer's dream is to hit the right person at the right time with the right content, right? You're able to do that now. Like, how cool is that? So, you know, when you're walking toward a concession stand, all of a sudden you could get fed like, hey, by the way, Hot dogs are two for four bucks or whatever that there's something like that, right? You, you can have that. Or afterwards, like I said, you're learning about that fan. So now you're, you can hit them not only inside, but afterwards. So you can now hit people, you know, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, but giving them stuff that they want to see because you're basically in their eyes now and you're able to do that, which is, again, it's scary, but it's awesome. Well, Nick, I'm listening to you you know, talk about how it affects the fan experience. But then what you also realize is how the technology impacts and affects the rest of the ecosystem of the organization where, hey, if your fan experience is great on that side of things, right? Like from a food, from an F&B perspective, from a merchandise perspective, getting into the park with your tickets, et cetera. If the mobile side is there, you're probably going to deal with less guest relations stuff. You're probably going to deal with less conflicts for your ticket sales service or service staff, right? You're going to deal with uh, better renewal percentages. Like all these things end up being a, a long-term effect of a great experience on the front end, right? And, and, and then to your point about the actual, uh, revenue upside of the Amazon, you know, type, type thing of, of ordering more and that sort of thing. There's also the revenue upside there too. So as you guys sit back and think on the technology side, like where does it go next? What's, what is next on the fan experience side of things, whether it's Nick from payments or like, what else do you think you'll be able to do in the next few years? Well, yeah. And I think, you know, some of the things that you just mentioned too, I remember back on the team side, I was fortunate. I worked for really good teams. I worked for the Suns in, you know, 2008 to 2010, made the Western Conference Finals. Coyotes, um, you know, shortly after that, we made the Western Conference Finals. And then the Blue Jackets made 
uh, the playoffs. Um, the first year I was there and we faced uh, um, the Pittsburgh uh, Penguins in the Stanley Cup playoffs. So I say all of that because the one thing when you're in ticket sales, you, you can't control is the on-ice product or the on-court product, right? You can't control it. I was fortunate to always work for a pretty good team. Uh, but when the team isn't good on the field or on the ice, all what we control is the technology that we can put in front of fans to utilize to improve the fan experience. You know, really, you know, guest service starts the moment they park in the parking lot. How are they treated when they enter the building? How are they treated in the concessions in the team store? Are there long lines? Like, you know, are there greeters like welcoming them to the game? You know, so those are the things that we have on the team side in our control, regardless of the product on the field or on the ice. Now, as far as where it goes next. So we're super excited. We're working with a lot of different third parties. They create a lot of value um, to the fan experience. I mean, there are, you know, everyone's been reading about the, you know, the whole, you know, just walk out and zip in, mash in some of the different providers that are providing more automated self-service, walk in, walk out. Um, you know, that's really exciting to see. I think, you know, Shift4 did acquire the Giving Block, which is the largest crypto um, platform donation, donation platform in the world. So we do have a crypto strategy that will, you know, eventually probably make an appearance. There's no exact time frame, but, you know, everyone's interested in kind of where that goes next. And then how does that tie back to what the team wants to do? Uh, but I think, you know, overall, the technology is just, it, it's, the technology is there and a lot of things right now, it's just the cost of implementing, but over time that's going to go down. And I think you're going to start to see that more and more. Um, but I think you're just going to see more automation, um, self-serve kiosk, walk in, walk out. Um, and there's just, there's just so much opportunity to eliminate lines and, you know, what I always say is that, look, if you do have like a self-service area, doesn't mean you hire less staff. You just have staff now out there engaging with guests and, you know, making sure they understand how to use the technology, but then just talking to them about their experience. Like, can they help them with anything? So it's just, it gives the staff a way to engage with fans in a different way if they're not standing behind a counter taking an order. And ultimately, I think all of that's going to play into the better fan experience leveraging technology hopefully it's not removing jobs but it's just repurposing jobs to create more fan engagement and um back and forth between fans and staff dog any any insights from your end and then we'll wrap up with some rapid fire for sure you know i again the the future in, in let's just talk sports for a second on that side and, and anywhere is that you know again it, it's all on the phone right and You've got to get it, that experience um, now because of social media, you, you've got to be on point all the time because when, you know what, hits the fan, people find out people it, it, and you could get out there quickly and it could, that it, it could go, there, there's a lot of negative toward that. So it's, it's forcing companies, teams, et cetera, to go above and beyond, right? Kill, kill them with kindness, but make sure it works. Because there, there's nothing worse than when you see frustrated fans or customers, right? And they're expressing it now, not just to you, but to the world. So, you know, I, I, again, it forces companies to step up and say, we need to get the best every single day. 
Yeah, I love that. I mean, it, it's uh, sports, I think, in nature, right, because of its public facing uh, component, right, forces that quicker innovation and, and fan experience first. But um, all right, Nick, we'll, we'll start with you on the rapid fire. Uh, favorite stadium you have visited in the shift four world venue next world? On the shift four world. Um... You know what? We recently launched. It was actually really cool. I loved going down there, but we just went down um, and visited the Cajun Dome down in Lafayette. So love the people down there. The food is delicious. Um, older venue, but man, it's, it was a great time. So that was fun. Doug, best best venue you visited with Sports Digita? I've been to a lot of them. Um, one, you know, I go to Mercedes-Benz a lot and I think it's, it's the best. Um, I think it's the, it's, it's almost becoming the industry standard um, of, of, of the newer stadiums and, and arenas. So I'm, I'm going to go Mercedes Benz here in Atlanta, Georgia. I picked an old school video and Doug goes new school. So that's well, if it was old school, I, I, I you know, you know me, I'm a Cub fan. So I'm going to say Wrigley on that one, but it's uh, but, but of these, again, it just, it, it Arthur went and said, Hey, I need to, we're going to show why this is the best venue and let's do it. All right. If you're slinging tickets, what's the go-to ticket to, to sell? Are you selling a, a season ticket, a, a single game, or are you selling a pack mini plan? What are you, what are you selling? Group tickets. It's my world. Doug, that week and a half. What are you, what are you selling? It, it was a long week and a half too, right there. I, I like the hospitality side of it. So, so I, I'm selling sweets. Sweets, sweets with the VIP experience. That's right. Uh, Nick, favorite app that you use outside of tech, outside of the sports experience? Favorite app that I use. Actually, now I got to get on my phone and say, uh, I have a lot of apps that I like to use. I'd say I almost have too many on my phone. I don't even know how to choose. It's also the question of like, what app could you not live without? <laughs> That's a tough one. Doug, you, you can say Nick. Google Photos. Because I'm in photos. Google Photos all the time. And I just realized something about Google Photos that you can do is go in and you can actually search for faces that will actually take you back. So like my kids, we have a ton of photos of my kids. And sometimes we're looking for photos and like, I just love being able to go in there. We take probably a thousand photos a day. Um, Google has got my, me on subscription for the cloud service for the rest of my life and probably my kid's life because the photos, you know, we want to keep, but it's, um, I'm in that all, all the time, just, just kind of looking at photos and it's, uh, it's awesome. But I'd say that would be the one app that on the non-sports side that I use all the time. I'm going to go with, uh, I'm going to go with ways. I don't know. I don't know how I live my life without ways uh, on that. So, and especially living in Atlanta, there, there's just a, a bit of traffic and it, it'll, it'll get you the fastest. No, no question. So I love ways. Best uh, food that you've experienced at a stadium thus far. I'm pretty basic. I'm uh, I'm either a cheeseburger or a chicken nugget kind of guy. So 
I'm uh, I, I'm really really my wife likes to say I have a fifth graders uh, appetite and, and palate, but hey. I know what I like, so that's what I eat. So. so so, needless to say, when you go visit Doug in Atlanta, you're going to go to Chick-fil-A. Cool. We got it. Done. Easy. Uh, Chick-fil-A all day. Chick-fil-A all day except for Sunday. Can't tell you how many times I didn't realize what day it is, and I tried to Chick-fil-A to realize it's Sunday, and I turn around and go somewhere else. The worst. Doug, you going to Chick-fil-A? We, we have we go a few times we go a few times but uh best stadium food for me is 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 uh in los angeles the dodger dogs it's fantastic simple simple see i like I'm, sim you guys are both simple living in the tech world love it it's oxymoron but uh doug nick really appreciate your time insights perspectives on integration of sports and tech and uh, certainly look forward to to tracking you know both of, of what shift four continues to do and same thing on the sports digital side so appreciate the time thanks jake thanks guys and by the way thanks for listening to the life in the front office podcast presented by suja organic remember you can get 15 percent off any one-time pack on shop.sujajuice.com with the code lifo l-i-f-o and remember, if you like this episode or you like the Life in the Front Office podcast, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Really appreciate you tuning in and stay tuned for the next one.